Right then, well, let's get on with it. Hello everybody, and welcome to Flustercuck. <laughs> That's all you're getting. <laughs> the most what? professional the most professional podcast on the air. <laughs> it is. We uh we like to bring you bad movies. Um but look at them from all different angles. All of them bland. <laughs> Mostly just two angles. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much two angles, a good angle and a bad angle, with uh, with someone egging them on in between. This week's movie, I challenged Tom and Sam to watch the 1994 movie, I think, uh, The Stupids. An Oscar Wonderful classic, film. I should add. <laughs> oh, God. It films Tom Arnold. <laughs> yeah. Well... I think it uh, it goes to show that uh, in the nineties you could put anything in a movie. Well, it was you know it was it was one of the best recessions, strongest one of the strongest economies to ever exist. You could well, arguably say with this movie they could put anything in this movie or nothing. <laughs> just just putting that out there before Quite we often decide. at the same time, impressively. <laughs> yeah, just putting that out there before we decide that I'm going to be doing the the, the good tour. I don't. I don't well, actually know. Well, no, I, 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 I don't know. I did have an idea of who I wanted to uh, to give the good opinions and who the bad, but okay. I'm not so sure anymore. So I'm going to flip a coin. Okay, that's fair. Uh, that is fair. Okay. Who, uh, who chooses, or do you if choose? It, okay, I'll, I'll choose. If it's he- heads, Sam's defending it. Mm-hmm. If it's tails, Tom's defending it. Okay. Heads, Sam's defending okay. it. Okay. And Tom, you got to rip this one, and you. Uh, see, I did actually have good <coughs> things to say about it. Unfortunately, I can use all of those good things as bad things as well. So, <laughs> well, that means I get to talk about the special guest star for an hour. No, 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 no! I'm still going to get to talk about him. Don't worry. Don't what worry. if I get that? I've got material on him. <laughs> I will milk this one udder dry. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, why? <laughs> uh, alright, well, Sam, why don't you start us off with a quick rundown of the movie's plot? You're doing a fantastic okay. job. This, this is it right here. <laughs> okay, um, so. Seventy silence. The titular family. All the stupids. Um, it starts with the. Father believing that because they get that the, the, the trash pickup is every week, they think that every week someone is stealing their trash, and so he um he believes it's a big part of a, of a big conspiracy that he convinces his wife of as well that um someone is stealing their trash and part of the conspiracy. So he goes wandering off to, to try and solve this mystery, and um, his wife, his children end up believing that his through 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 happenstance that his that their father has been kidnapped, and. Um, the wife agrees, or no, well, no, yeah, the wife, the wife ends up being convinced that he's being kidnapped, and so the, so the kids go off to try and find the husband, well, the father, along with the wife. Oh, they, they first have to go off to find the mother, and then they then they find the mother, and they regroup, and then they go off to find the father, who has somehow blundered into a um, military training ground, and he believes that uh, he believes there's a spy there, and the guys in the military believe that he is actually a spy based on his various his antics and the way he's constantly asking questions to that. In their eyes, quite shifty. They're testing various weapons, and there's a, there's a fairly evil 
um, military general guy, played by, uh, oh, he was in Animal House. He actually plays the same character in Animal House. Oh, yeah, yeah, the thing, yeah, he's the same character, the one as, as the Dean he played in Animal House. I can't remember the actor's name, though. But, um, yeah, yeah, and so he's kind of... Frosty old Dean. Basically, well, yeah, Thingy, uh, Thingy Vernon, whatever his name is, yeah. Um, whatever his name is. Um, but yeah, anyway, so he ends up tag- he ends up uh, tailing Mr. Stupid, who is there, who is later convinced that there's a conspiracy involving someone called Mr. Sender, who is basically, because they keep finding that he would prefer for Sender, and they believe that this guy Sender is doing part of some great conspiracy in order to um, take over the world and destroy people, which leads to um, a wonderful cameo scene, which I'll talk about in great detail very soon. Um, and then, meanwhile, the uh, the uh, the rest of the family eventually tracks down Mr. Father, and they they join together to try and uncover this sender conspiracy, which leads to through various misadventures, including um, uh, aliens coming down to invade at one point, um, and various chases and explorations. And the, the military tries to, in sort of wily coyote, road on a fashion to off. Mr. Stupid several times to no avail, and it culminates in events. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, this film this. left a good impression on. <laughs> I watched this movie not three days ago, and I. It's a big chase movie. It's it ends. It's basically it's basically one big sort of chase movie from the sort of friends together and ties together, and then a big conspiracy and a musical number on a big talk show where um, Mr. Um, Stupid talks about how he is his own... He sings a song about how he being his own grandfather and other events happen. The Stupids. <laughs> Can I, I, I'll jump in because I actually only watched it last night because um, I knew we were recording today so I thought I'd, I'd, I'd leave it as long as I could so I watched it. Uh, no word of a lie, half past two in the morning. Um, today, essentially. Um, so I've still got a fairly fresh memory of this uh, utter, utter tripe. Um, tripe so, a production. <laughs> so <laughs> what you find is a movie that can't identify with itself. It's so inconsistent that the word inconsistent was probably used like probably conceived for this movie. They try to do one thing, then they come up with a joke and fuck that thing up, so then they have to do another series of jokes to explain why they're so stupid. Even though the inconsistency is, for example, at one point they don't know how to use an elevator, they think it's a time machine, and then later on they use an elevator. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah, and they go back in time and they meet who they think is God, and it's a running joke yeah. about... Uh, no, 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 no. Well, well, I, I, I've got some questions about that a little bit. Of the <laughs> okay, so to, uh, to come to later. What what you find is this family called the Stupids, who are so stupid that they, they they can't really function properly, and yet they seem to have this perfect life and perfect house and blah blah blah. In the in kind of the same way, when you look at the Adams family and that it's like they've got all this Halloweeny, gothicy stuff, and you're like, whoa, how do they live? And it's like, well, they've just they've just figured ways around it. it. They kind of try to do that, but instead of you know like a quirk or um, you know like this this gimmick, it's just that they're stupid, um, and and hence the inconsistency because there are things that they clearly couldn't do in real life, i.e., drive 
if they can't learn how to use an elevator. Um, but they, they, they go on this adventure to try and find um, this sender guy who, as you sa- as Sam said, um, they keep seeing... Well, uh, Stanley Stupid keeps seeing on, um, on, this, on this mail. And throughout the course of it, they, they come to uncover this sort of um, weapons, sort of uh, illegal weapons trade. But they, being the stupid selves that they are, think that this is all part of uh, Mr. Sender's plan and through no fault of their own um, <clears throat> and you can't see that I'm, I'm doing it in quotation marks because everything they do is is a fault in this movie um, they they stop the uh, the weapons from, from being sold and, and actually um, cause quite a lot of collateral damage that doesn't seem to be uh, doesn't seem to be rectified at the end but the thing is I did have some good points about this film, and I'll, I will still say them. I'll still say them. I'll hold my hands up and say that this wasn't the worst film we've ever reviewed. It certainly wasn't as bad. It's a perfectly palatable little picture. Yeah, it. it <laughs> if, Clearly, I'll have to do better next time I'm choosing a film. If this film is guilty of anything, it is fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's, that's my first question. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Sam, as the uh, as the movie's defending champion, which of the uh, which of the the main four cast, which, which character do you character do you think grew the most over the course of the film? I would probably say, despite it being very much along the picture, arguably the real main character is um, is Tom Arnold, Mister is the Stanley Stupid. I think because he, he he starts and ends the film, and and I do think that he's the one that kind of goes through the most art, not most sort of trajectory and does there. He's kind of the linchpin for most of the most of the narrative. He he he. he he acts as both sort of the very device as well as an instigator of events. That's what that's one that's about. I like it's not a film where you've got just a bunch of characters with plots happening to them. Very much everything is very much character. Very much case of these these characters going there, their characters and their personality informing their decisions, and that leads them on to you know, is what words inform. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> encourages. <laughs> and that's yeah, okay, progress. And that's 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 the very heart of good storytelling. You know, character should character should uh, plot should be in service of character. Character should not be in service of plot. And I would argue that this is a very very character driven uh, story. But yeah, I would definitely say that Stanley is. I mean, at one point in, in one scene, he has an entire he he goes he go, he goes from the entire gamut A to Z of um, of sort of the the um, the, uh, of the 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 emotional art of realizing what he's doing and what the danger is. His own actions and how his actions are impacting his world and his family and, and putting his family in danger. And that happens just in one scene. It's very con- condensed and very, very, very efficient storytelling. Via a lightning strike. No, no, no. Also, also they get to make they're, they're exactly. They're also have to make a joke out of it. So you know, it's a nice two for one. <laughs> hmm. I see. Right. Okay. I'll, uh, Tom. Yes. Uh, I, I have a feeling we might get uh, the same answer, but. Uh, which of uh, of the main four uh, cast did you find the most insufferable? <sighs> it's not the same answer. <laughs> okay. It's not the same answer, and I'll <laughs> okay. tell you why, and this was one of my good points. This movie would have worked if it was animated. This movie, if, if they'd marketed it for um, a younger crowd and they'd animated it, um, I feel this movie would have worked a hell of a lot better. It's one of the closest things you could get to a cartoon um, without it being animated. 
And because of that, I didn't expect to see a lot of progression from Stanley Stupid. He is um, the lovable idiot. He is Peter Griffin. He is Homer Simpson, except he's not that funny. He's just he's kind of the uh, he's kind of a Mr. Magoo. He's almost yeah. like Mr. Magoo type character. Yeah. I feel like he was a step backwards from Homer Simpson towards Fred Flintstone. Um, and if they kind of I don't minus know, the cynicism. Yeah. No. No. no yeah. Absolutely. Um, I I couldn't help but see Peter Griffin in him without the sort of um the 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 sort of uh, naughtiness you know the, the rough the, edges the, yeah yeah the risque sort of material this was Peter Griffin from season one um and because of that I saw that almost immediately I didn't expect any progression from him the the character I found insufferable was his wife because she she was an enabler because there are points in the film where she demonstrates that she's smarter than he is. There aren't many, but she does demonstrate that she is smarter than he is. And then other points in the film, she's completely, completely just... I'm trying to find a a word that can even fathom how stupid she can be. I mean, the, the, the particular scene that gets me... Um, was they've they've kind of I think it was about it was more than three quarters of the way through it was after the cameo shall we say um, which I'm sure we'll get to soon um, and they get in the car and they have to uh, drive away they have to go find warehouse 21 and all the way through this film they've demonstrated that they know how to drive then all of a sudden they get in the car and Stanley Stupid's in the wrong seat and asks for the keys and puts them in the key slot that somehow happens to be there for no reason. And then they've forgotten how to drive and the kids have to tell them how to drive. Now, again, if this was Stanley Stupid, if this was just Stanley Stupid and it was a one-joke thing, give me the keys, you're in the wrong seat. Oh, yeah, switch around. That's fine because he's stupid. And and the only consistent character in this film is Stanley Stupid because he, he's completely always... At, you know, um, out of the loop. But we've seen his wife drive all the way through the film. She's been driving the kids everywhere, and all of a sudden she's just forgotten how to drive for no apparent reason other than, well, it might be funny. Well, it's not. <laughs> you're inconsistent. Yeah, and if I may. Oh, go on. Oh, take no, sorry, finish your point, finish your point. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much finished. She's, she's completely inconsistent. I, I see what you're saying. Consistency is key to comedy, and, uh, and I would and see, I would say with with that point, I think it's interesting the fact that you mentioned like you talk about the wife because at the beginning of the film, the entire family is scattered to the four winds, basically, and the sort of the mm. first sort of twenty minutes of the film is about family sort of finding each other again, and that kind of drives the first act. And what I think is interesting, and it's a neat, neat, neat quite subtle little bit of characterization, character of writing, is that you talk about how them being inconsistent. But I would argue there's an overall consistency in that they're, they're, they're weaker separately. But, and again, this all sort of ties into sort of, the sort of the main theme of the film is the family as a, as a complete unit, but they, they work best when they're together. And they're, they're able to progress, they're able, they're able to progress, they're able to progress and advance the plot with greater efficiency when they work, when they're together as a unit, as a team. And so at the beginning of the film, they're all kind of, out of their, outside the company, they're, they're kind of flustered because they're, they're looking for each other and they are incomplete as characters without the rest of the unit. So I would argue that it's not so much inconsistency, there isn't a consistency there, and the consistency is that, I, again, it's sort of thematic consistency of the idea of them not functioning uh, as, 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 as singular entities as they do as, as a family unit. 
I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> because when they are uh, on on their separate ventures at the start of the at the start of the film, although they are on their separate adventures, all thinking that something else is going on. Um, the kids think that um, uh, they've got to go to the police station because Dad's been kidnapped. The mom thinks that the police have kidnapped the kids. That's it, yes. The mother thinks dad, the police have kidnapped the dad. dad. Dad has gone off to find the garbage truck, which, by the way, I mean, like, what, he's, he's what, like, 40, 45? And it's just now that he's realising that his garbage is being taken every week. Yes, but it's cartoon logic. Like you said, it's like the Adams Family or Beetlejuice. It runs on that same it's, sort of vein of cartoon logic. And I would agree that it would the film, I would definitely agree that the film would lend, it, would lend itself more to being animated than live action, yes. When you look at, when you look at the Adams Family film, films, they work because there's, there's, a, there's a sort of strict code as to what they do do and what they can't do and what happens and what can't happen because of their lifestyle. This film hasn't thought about that. It hasn't thought about the identity of its characters. So although they're off on their own little adventures, they're they're succeeding in in their success. You know, they're succeeding in their adventures for for what they think is their motive. Stanley Stupid has found where the garbage is going. Um, the the kids have in in seconds gone to the police and found the police. And the mother has straight away realised, okay, well, you know, she thinks she has to avoid the police, and so she successfully does. It's not until later when they're all together that they think they've gone back in time, and they think that they've met God, and then they forget how to drive. And then all of a sudden we get a song out of nowhere as to why Stanley Stupid is his grandfather, his own grandfather. Um, He doesn't like a song. (laughs) I like a jaunty tune as much as the next man. But the bland monotone voice of Tom Arnold is just something that I can't get out of my head, and I don't mean in the catchy, oh, I'm whistling it in the shower kind of way. I'm thinking about Tom Arnold in the shower. Well, uh, there's there's reasons I'm thinking about Tom Arnold. That goes both you being in the shower thinking about Tom Arnold, and you just thinking about Tom Arnold in the shower. (laughs) Well, you know, the hat. And the suit, actually. The hat and the suit. This film would have been so better animated. I would have enjoyed this film if it was animated. And there were a few gags that I actually laughed at. But so you're so if uh, you're you're saying that uh, Stanley Stupid is Peter Griffin uh, season one. Yeah. So do you think with another fourteen Stupid's films, you'd get to a, a decent level level of comedy? No, 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 no. Uh, I I find that I would find that this 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 entire concept would work better as a TV series. Even if it wasn't animated, even if it was like a kids' live-action TV series, it would work better with that constant sort of um, analysis of the characters because they'd have to explain their motives in every half-hour slot. Um, I th- whereas, I, th- I, th- I think they did that with that uh, that that show. My parents are aliens, didn't they? I can't honestly say I watched it. No one else. Oh well. I remember I that know show. It. I, remember I, that I, show. I know it. Don't get me wrong. I know it, but I, di- I didn't watch it, so I couldn't. <laughs> oh well. I, I when was... I was briefly, I remember it when I was briefly a CITV man. <laughs> Okie dokie. Right. Well, uh, moving on to uh, you mentioned the 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 point in the film where uh, the family splits into two teams. I'm going to ask which uh, both of you. Which was your which of the of the two little mini plots did you prefer, the dying storyline or the time travel storyline? I, if I may go first, I enjoyed the um, 
dying plotline more purely because they managed to mine some good, some decent jokes and a genuinely nice, little, quite subtle running gag. Because the joke is, they think they're dead. And they meet a beforehand. They were set up. They 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 said that the, the situation set up so they think they're on a mission from. Oh no, sorry, no, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting mixed up. Basically, they meet, they think they they meet, they meet a janitor who they think is God, whose name is um, Lloyd. And they think he's God, and they think that God's name is Lloyd. And so then, from the re- for the rest of the film, whenever they're saying, you know, oh, thank the Lord, they say thank the Lloyd, or or you know, and that kind of thing. And again, it's, it's it's a nice little cute little little. They managed to mine a nice little cute running gag of it, and it's and it's good because it shows that 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 moment had a bit of it has a, that moment had a greater bit of impact to the rest of the film rather than it just being a one-off little sort of almost sketch moment, which the, which the time travel plot feels a little bit like. Tom, uh, would, would you agree? And uh, if, um, if... I'm going to put this out there now. I told you I had some good points for this film, and, and it was this particular bit that I actually enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed both of the stories here, um, because, it again, going back to that sort of um, cartoony sort of style that I, I think it, it lends itself to, this this was the pinnacle of, of, of that. It was this two short separate stories, as you would see in traditional sort of like two-part animations where, you know, you'd have like t- two t- Tom and Jerry stories in a half-hour slot. Um, that's how I saw this bit. Um, what I did like about it was it um, it did have that consistency that I'm on about um, the, the, with, the, with the Lloyd. Um, what I didn't like was it about it was it was fucking retarded. Um, <laughs> It it was funny that they thought they were dead, but it was very very thin. Like they were in a planetarium. Okay, they didn't understand what a planetarium was, and the camera angles tried to show you that like they were surrounded by stars, but they only had to zoom out a bit, and you realised actually there's like 500 seats also in view of them. What you know, and this guy is clearly in janitor's clothes. They're clearly in the museum, and I understand. I understand that they're, they're stupid. So well, not just I that, but it works. It operates on that whole cartoon logic. You know, it's the whole cartoon logic of if, if it's not in the frame, it doesn't happen. It's like you know, in a cartoon when two people when, when there are a bunch of people at a dinner table, two people are having a conversation because they're on yeah. camera, no one else can hear. Them. No, yeah, yeah, and it's just and that's just you know that's just standard sort of you know cinematic convention. Well, I, 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 well, I, I don't think you can you can call them stupid for uh, for mis for. Uh, Thinking that a janitor is is God. I mean, after all, look at Bruce Almighty. God seems to show up in janitor's clothes quite a lot. Yeah, that film was made years later <laughs> uh, with far superior writers, actors, directors, producers. I I, I I would be hesitant to say far superior writers. <laughs> so, um, which which one did I enjoy more? Um, I would say the time travel one, just because I, it did genuinely get a laugh out of me when the kid went power crazy, even though it came out of nowhere. But I think that's oh, and why. Oh, he carves, carves his name. And he yeah, that. he, he writes the word name. Buster. Uh, and his, his I, and all I was thinking, yeah, all I was thinking was, well, your name wouldn't be Buster then, would it? But you know, whatever. I uh, yeah, I suppose if I had to choose my favourite, it would be the time travel one, even yes. though like the whole. I, I did make the point about the elevator, right? They thought that the elevator was a time machine, and he just pressed the buttons. Why did he just press the buttons? He was in there. He, he even said, this must be some time machine. He went deadpan as if the director had gone, now, and then he pressed the buttons. And, and then he was like, oh, no, what have I done? You've just pressed the buttons, you twat. That's what you've done, and now you're going to go down two floors. Like, you use an elevator later on. Yeah, you, well, don't, you don't get they've learned then. From, from this experience. No, because they, 
there's no consistency. There's no consistency. They don't learn. They they get they use the elevator to get back up. How do they know how to use it? It's inconsistent. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, now I've got a, a a little bit of a uh, a more a more challenging question on this one. Mm. We're re-editing the film entirely. Oh god! Oh god! Now, Sam, you have to choose one scene that absolutely, positively has to stay in the film, no matter what, because it's brilliant and hilarious and funny. And Tom, you have to pick the very worst scene that absolutely has to get cut. Okay. Okay. Now, question... Um the four 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 answers. Does it have to be kind of de- does it have to be crucial for the plot, or is it can it just be a scene that's very very good and it works for like that's, it, that's, in, that's entirely up to you. You know, because I would say one scene that definitely needs to stay is um it's the opening where he um it, it, it's the it's the opening scene with him coming out of his house and doing his little checklist and he does a little checklist of um uh, again it's a little joke on the checklist where he's, he's going through his checklist today and it's something like oh read read, read, read the first line of a checklist. Mark tick with it. Mark, mark, mark a, a mark a checklist with a tick. Cross something out because that doesn't make sense or something like that. And it's a very simple joke, but it sets right off the bat. Right it's like the very first joke in the film. Very simple joke, first, 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 very simple joke. But it does a great job of setting up, establishing sort of the tone immediately of the film, and also introducing the, the core concept of this is a character that takes things very literally, doesn't quite understand how things work. Also, it's a joke that genuinely got a laugh out. It's a very, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a fairly staid kind of meta joke but again just just the way it was presented just very matter-of-factly you know and again it, with good hu- with, with, with good nature with good nature I, I enjoyed it as a little I genuinely enjoyed it as a little character moment and it did actually get a chuckle that joke where he's going to the chair so I would say that for, that, that, that scene definitely that, that, that little scene with him coming out the, coming out the door definitely stay because it's a great little establishing character moment it sets up the tone of the film and also it, it's leading with a genuinely strong joke I say, okie dokie. Um, I'm very surprised you didn't pick Christopher Lee, but never mind. Tom, we've seen absolutely positive. Well, I was, I was, has to... <laughs> I was hoping to get to that later. I wanted to, that, that, that gets to Alright, alright, well, we'll, we'll get to Christopher Lee. Okay, I do have to ask, um, my motives for getting rid of the scene. Okay, you, th- this, this, this film is being made. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You can say, there are imaginary other scenes that mm-hmm. can be that could be clipped in, or we could just be making the film shorter. Okay. There's um, pick your very your least favorite scene that you think. No, either it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you was useless. It could have plot in it. Do you just think it was, uh, but could just be have been handled poorly? Okay. Um, or it See, could be something else. Um, immediately in my head, I want to say any scene where they look at the camera and <laughs> say something. Because again, this this goes back to my argument that this film hasn't found its identity. It's more of a cartoon than a than a um than a live action piece. But if we're re editing the film, I'd rather keep that in and as you say, have some, some sort of new scenes that establish more of a of a of a slapstick um comedy cartoony feel to it. So I would say the scene that I would like to get rid of is the scene where they are in a television studio and they grab him, put him in a scene um, in, in, in this panel show, even though quite clearly someone was supposed to be there and it's not 
Stanley Stupid. And he, out of the blue, for no reason whatsoever, um, just ha- happens to sing this song about the fact that he is his own grandfather. Um, now, it, it's, a, again, it's a clever little, it's a clever little ditty lyrically. I, I'm not saying that lyrically it wasn't there. <laughs> I would say it was witty. It was witty. It was one of the more well thought out parts of the film for a film called The Stupids and the writing reflecting as such. However, it was completely out of place and completely, just completely unnecessary. Um, it, It felt to me like they'd cut the film down to its theatrical cut and then went, oh shit, actually we're five minutes too short. And then went, you know, do you know what people love? Music. Well, it could but, be, you know, it could be the case that it was originally a musical. I'd love that. I'd love that. That that would, again, give it some form of identity. Other than we don't know what we're doing. We've just got some money that's just, I don't know, um, you give him a blue suit and a hat, because that's funny. Well, no. I believe it was originally based on, if I may, it was originally based on a series of books. And so I always got the feeling that, again, it's not someone who's ever read them. I, I get the feeling that a lot of more episodic nature of it is taken they've just taken because it's, it's based on a series of uh, the young yeah. children books so I very much get the feeling that the that the plot is very much lifted from individual books and they've um, combined them which is why it's kind of so episodic in nature I, I think the problem I found with this song was and it, it's like you said it wasn't unfunny I mean I don't think it was I don't think it was funny no it was witty it, it, was, it was witty it was, yeah, it was uh, funny it was witty and it was quirky, and it was a little bit of backstory, but it was just completely out of the blue. There was no setup to it. There was there, there was this sort of panel show that was thinly veiled as a sort of exposition for it, when really there was no need for it. And then all of a sudden the music comes out of nowhere. But the thing that gets me about it is, if Tom Arnold had sung this song and put his all into it, then, yeah, great. But he was reading fucking cue cards, right? He was staring into space, reading cue cards. Um, it was it was a fucking abortion of a song. It was bloody awful. Um, the, the, the music was crap. And not to mention, if you're going to do a song in a film, right, and you want the audience to pay attention to it and get a laugh, don't cut for 40 seconds and then go back to it at the end of the song. Because I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Producers did that, and the producers did a damn good musical. The what? The producers. They they have little cuts oh, well, oh, cut away okay. to other characters during the middle of big numbers. The producers did it well though. The produ- the at least with the producers, the actors in the producers actually sort of, you know, put their at least twenty percent of the effort that they should have put into it into it. Um whereas Tom Arnold is sort of very monotone, can't really sing I'm pretty sure he was reading from a cue card. I don't think that he knew what he was, you know, the lines before he got onto the set that day. Um, and and then everyone sort of dancing along and jigging to it. If everyone had been like, "What the fuck is this song? This is ridiculous," then at least there would have been some sort of sort of explanation to why he was so crap in the scene. But definitely that scene is the one that I would get rid of. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say, yeah, you know, it has to go. I would just say it has to be reshot, Tom put some effort into it this time, or you're fired. Well, then, that, that might be a step forward in his career. So, 
Okay. Well, thank you for your answers for that one. Okay. Uh, right. I do want to ask ask you both about uh, the Christopher Lee scene, and uh, I'm going to ask whether you thought that uh, that the Christopher Lee scene may made the uh, made the whole film better as a whole, or whether it served to illustrate how bad the rest of the film was. I, I think it very much was was I think it very much helped the film. I think it it did a great job of lifting the film up. I mean, you know, in these kind of films, because it is ultimately a chase movie, and, and these kind of things can very much and often do. They, they, there tends to be a lull sort of roughly around the, the second act or the middle of the film, where you know the energy starts to flag because they have to slow it down. They have to get that variance. So to throw in this fantastic, gloriously entertaining, can genuinely very entertaining and just big smile on my face cameo from Christopher Lee was I think just it just gave it the just the shot of adrenaline it needed in order to get the energy perk up and bring the energy back up. And it's just it's a brilliant it's an absolutely brilliant cameo. I think I think it'd be fair if um you know, you know, 'cause I've obviously Tom I'm sure wants to talk about it as well. But just I do uh, as as a as a huge hammer horror aficionado and just lover of that style of film. Just this wonderful perfect little Camp Masters of the Universe style villain turn from Lee, just 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 oozing treacle, it, it, it was just perfect. What you have here is um, a Family Guy season one cutaway gag, uh, where there's no real sense to it. There's no real reason that Christopher Lee's there, other than as you say that he did the Hammer Horror things, and this is kind of similar, I suppose. The question I have to ask is. What leverage did they have over Christopher Lee to get him in this god-awful film? And the only thing I can think is that that's where the budget went. So, this Sam kind of hit the nail on the head, really. Um, this this scene was the highest quality of the rest of the film. Um, it, it was certainly the most entertaining because, well, it's Christopher Lee. And Christopher Lee is Christopher Lee. I'll believe him in, in most roles, no matter what it is, where it is. Um, because he's just a good actor, and it, it brought back some energy that was, you know, it was lacking. Um, unfortunately, he didn't find that energy again when Christopher Lee was gone. Um, I do have to say, when I was watching it, because it was half past two in the morning, um, I'm, I'm sort of seeing the opening credits, and I see Christopher Lee's name, but I'm, I'm quite tired. I've been at work, and I think it's Christopher Lloyd, i.e. Um, Doc. Brian from Back to the Future, and I was like, oh, of course he's in something like this, zany scientist man, um, <clears throat> and then he got to Christopher Lee, and I was honestly pleasantly surprised, not that I don't like Christopher Lloyd, it's just that he's quite typecast. Um, and, and I, yeah, you'd have Christopher Lee and Christopher Lloyd in. Yeah, oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. So, my only question really is, what did they, what did they have to do, what bargain with the devil did they make? To get Christopher Lee in this film. See, you say that, but at that time, Christopher Lee, you know, film-wise career, obviously with the with the with the tail off of the, with the closure of um, mm. of Hammer and Pinewood Studios, his 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 and this is you know this is a quite a few, this is quite a while before Lord of the Rings. His his film career wasn't. I mean, he was never he was never uh, not considered you know he never considered like a B-list actor, but you know he he, he wasn't his career wasn't in the rudest of time. I mean, he obviously he did like Gremlins two as well before this. And a few other things like that. And he, he was he was he was kind of like the James L. Jones figure where he was 
you know, he he would be he he'd be up for a laugh and just enjoying himself, and he would often do these parts that just sounded like on paper to him, just like good mm. fun or or, or or let him sort of just ham it up and and, and, and sort of trade in on some of the some of the persona that he had built up over the years. So I would I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he if he, if he, if he took that much convincing. I I can only assume that money had something to do with it here. Oh, probably yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll go back to what I said. This was this was the um. This was more evidence that this is is sort of a, a a very basic Peter Griffin. This was a cutaway gag. Um, it was supposed to make you laugh because it was Christopher Lee, and Christopher Lee's a recognisable face. And ha this is this is so funny, and it ties all the story together and everything like that, or or their story together, and shows you just how zany they are. But there's there's inconsistency because then Christopher Lee's not back in it again when later on they see. Mr. Sender, and they don't say, hmm, you're not Christopher Lee, or yeah, something along the lines. But it was them imagining who this person might be. It wasn't a case of, it, that was him imagining the sort of person to be. It wasn't him, it wasn't them saying, oh, this is what this person is. It, it wasn't foreshadowing. It was just him imagining what kind of villain would be, would this be, this, no, this person would be like. Mm, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I although I would it. agree, although I definitely <laughs> would agree. I would have happily um, swallowed up any more Christopher Lee though the film was willing to put yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think part of my problem here is there was too much Tom Arnold and everyone else, and not enough Christopher Lee. So, um, but th- he he was a, a pleasant surprise in an otherwise cancerous film. Ah, <coughs> <coughs> uh, right. Okie dokie. Well, now before we uh, before we move on to what you what you both really thought of the film. Uh, I, I want you to uh, to because because at the minute you're you're both neck and neck. Uh, so I want you to give uh, your final summaries um, of why it was a a good or a bad film. Okay, uh, who's going first? Sam, Sam, after you. Okay. Um, so stupid is a good film is is a good film because it's it's ultimately just a, it's a light comic romp and that's you know it's it's it, it, it very much comes in the same style like I said of things like the, like the beef juice like like Tom said with Tom and Jerry and that kind of thing and it's that same sort of vein of sort of very 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 cartoony very very, very sort of cartoony films and again it's 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 in that same vein of beef juice and a few other films all the time that try to sort of bring those of that sort of slapstick. Very simple, very, very, very on the nose cartoon sort of um, uh, sort of ideology and, and 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 sort of palette to to live action, and and I think it does. I think it equips itself, you know, fairly well. It, it's it's a simple premise. It doesn't try to overstretch itself. It doesn't. It, it's a fairly short film. It doesn't outstay its welcome, you know. There is a and nothing. It, it keeps the energy up, and and and, and there's just and, you know it's peppered with a few gags. It's it's I wouldn't say it's the most um, groundbreaking film, but it's it's definitely it's definitely you know not not not, not a film to, to sneer at. It's, I, I think it, I think it very much tried to be just an, just an open earnest um, attempt at making something light, something fun, something breezy and quick, and I think it succeeded at that. I think it does a good job of keeping up that sort of that sort of madcap. And energy and, 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 and sort of tone without descending into just base pie fights and, and crudeness. And that's the thing. It, 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 it kind of, it's a, it's a very uncynical film. And I, and I, and I definitely respect it for that. And I think, it's, you know, you, there's a difference between like a film for kids and a film that's for all ages. And I feel this one very much is a film that is designed for all ages. There's something there for everyone to appreciate and for every, for any sensibility to get behind without it having to be pushed to extremes or, 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 or again, trying to descend into like crudeness or just real, really sort of lazy, 
the lazy sort of comedy. It doesn't ever try to feel like it's trying to do the lazy thing. It's trying to. It always feels like it's trying to invent new ways of keeping the scenarios going and keeping the keeping the jokes happening. Okay. And it has Christopher Lee in a wonderful cast. It's always got that feather in its cap, I suppose. Okay, and uh, and and Tom. This movie. <laughs> This movie is bad for everything that Sam just said. <clears throat> I've mentioned inconsistency. I've, I've mentioned lack of, of, of character in anything. I've, I've mentioned sort of just random interspersed pieces of shit throughout this film. That's not the problem here. That is a bad cartoon. That's a bad cartoon. The thing about bad cartoons is after the break, generally there's a good cartoon. The, when you look at the Adams family, you look at the Flintstones. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of sort of other Hanna Barbera sort of style, um, that you know that type of era animation that have done live action films. Um, Scooby Doo. All of these films had their problems, but what they did have was they had an identity. And okay, that was because they had this sort of brand recognition already in- established. What we have here is a studio trying to recreate that without doing the the preliminary work of actually building up this brand they've just churned out this film with these retired old slapstick sort of ha-ha jokes that they're just predictable and when they're not predictable they're so unpredictable that they're unfunny because they're they're inconsistent My, my main problem with this film as i say is everything sam's just said I'm not pissed off. I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm not anything. That this film is just, you know, inconsistent. As I say, my main problem with it is I could see the potential. I could see what they were trying to do. I could see that they were trying to make this sort of lovable family sort of orientated film because that's that's one of the merits to this film. It really is sort of like 99% clean humour. It's all just stuff that, you know, the kids can laugh at, as well as the parents, even the grandparents can laugh at, if it was funny, if it was if it was thought out more, if they took this as a real project and thought, right, let's make this new franchise based on your sort of standard cartoon formula, but it's going to be live action, and it's going to be movies, and we're going to make ten of them, and they're going to be great, because everybody's going to love these these characters. There's not enough in these characters to identify with. There, there, there are so many problems with, with their characters that the moment you think you're identifying with them, they just do a U-turn, and all of a sudden he's singing a song about how he's his own grandfather, which, had it had the setup, had there been some sort of like underlying thing throughout the film, like, oh, we, we don't talk about the, the rest of the family sort of thing, you know, even just that, even just some exposition towards the start of the film... And then we would have been like, oh, there we go, that, that's it, that's why. And it would have been funnier. There's so much potential in this film to, to be fresh, to be sort of this sort of, I don't know, like this, this, this sort of brand leader, as it were, for, for live action, uh, cartoon comedy. This sort of chance to, to bring the, the standard animated family sitcom to the big screen in a way that everyone can relate to. And it, it really does try to be funny. And there are some funny moments. 
I genuinely laughed when they're driving along and they're in a rush. And so to park the car, they crash into another car. I laughed at that. I thought that was hilarious. But that was the only thing that I thought was funny. The rest was tired and haggard and it was just, just crap. It was just crap. It was, this was a studio who wanted to do something but half-arsed it. They got not very well-known actors. They got a, a poorly designed script and they couldn't even come up with one consistent plot. So they gave it five. And none of them were consistent. None of them made sense. And in the end, they all tied together as if to say, well, that's over. And I'm thinking, no, it's not. The guy just had a door slammed in his face. He's still got a gun. The aliens that you've pissed off at the start of the film, that all of a sudden have appeared at the end, have just travelled light years. By the way, where did they get an English newspaper? But, you know, whatever. Um, Sorry, an American newspaper. Whatever. They've got it. They've just been set on fire. They're coming back with more fire. This isn't over. This is the start of the film. This right here is your film. The stupids running away from aliens. I just... This film had so much potential to be good and it squandered it at every single post. That's why this film was bad. Okay. And it misuses Christopher Lee so badly. Right, I'm over. I'm done. I'm done. I'm... Okay. I do have a winner. But before I announce, I uh, I would like to hear uh, Sam's real thoughts on the films as he's <laughs> released from having to defend it. This is going into this. This is genuinely probably the hardest of like all the films we've done so far. It's genuinely the hardest film to either to either defend or slag off because it's my main problem with this film. It's just that it's nothing. This it's yeah. it, it, Tom 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 made to make some points, and I completely agree to the hilt and absolutely every single bloody one nailed it, nailed it on the head time and again. But my main problem with this film is it's so it's not even inconsistent. It doesn't even have enough in it to be considered inconsistent. It's just yeah. so thin and watery and, and this thing it's bland to the level of almost to the level of churlishness. It's ridiculous. It's, there, there, it, there is not there is not enough meat to this film to get angry about. And that's that in 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 a, in a way that's that's enough to make you angry itself. It's not just like Tom said, they squandered things. It's just the fact that they, they couldn't even half ass it. It was a case of just it, it, it's, it's the old, it's the old, it's the old Simpsons joke of you know of a story. It's, it's, as Homer says, it's just a bunch of stuff that happened. There's no, there's no thought. There's no, it, there's, there's no consistency. But there's not even any real effort to to make it. Things. You know, it's like it, it almost feels like they, they again, they just took chunks of these books, these whatever nature these books in, put, put formatted them into a script, and then literally, almost literally, just said, oh. We need a joke in this space. We need a joke in this space. We need a joke in this space. Oh, they don't know what's going on. They they press the wrong button. They do a thing. Whatever. Just so as long as we can get it to the next page and keep it going. And that's all. And that thing, I get being the only reason why it it, it, it nips along. I, I honestly think it tries to nip along at a fair pace purely to get through it. And I think kill because that's the only way they would actually get audiences to sit through it by making sure it's quick. But even then. It fails that because every time there's a bad joke, every time I mean, at least it doesn't do say like the Tom Green thing where it tells a joke and then it spends ten minutes pointing out that they just told a joke to you. At least it breezes along. But things that you can easily miss these jokes because like again, it breezes along at a quick pace, almost because it almost feels like it's scared to actually point out. Hang on, there's a joke there. Did you miss it? Oh, doesn't matter. Well, you know, there'll be another one along in a minute. Just you know, just 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 keep watching. Just keep watching because you paid the money. Keep watching, please. 
And that's the thing. It, it, there's no build-up. It's just so... There's no art to this at all. There's, there's no curve. It's just flat. It's just... You could, you could, you could, you could just, you could just get both ends of this film and tape them together and have an eternal loop. Because again, by the end of the film, <laughs> nothing changed from the beginning. This could be, this could be an robberist because of the fact that there's no, no, no stakes have altered. I mean, yeah, like you said, it does the cartoon thing. It does, the, it does the, the TV thing. At the end, it all basically just resets it to zero. It limps. It, it, it limply tries to build up some vague, vague attempt at conflict, which then it, then it, like you said, it just slams the door on and then just goes, all right, so sorry, let's go away. And it kind of expect almost does the same thing with the audience. It doesn't even end on like a strong joke. It pretty much does the same thing. It's all by the end of it, just farts out the ending and just says, "Well, that's the end of the film. Go away." And uh, and that talking, going back to the, um, the inconsistent thing, one thing that really bothered me because it, again, I've not read the books. I don't know if they're color books, they're picture books, or illustrated, or the actual you know, prose. One thing that really irritated me again, it just felt not only like it made no sense and there was no justifiable reason for it, but again. It was even more annoying because this is clearly something that would have had time and effort put into it and money put into it. Just why were the dog and cat claymation? Oh fuck! I completely forgot about that. <laughs> there, there was no jokes. This thing. I thought, okay, there was just no cat. reason for it. Yeah, and then suddenly, suddenly the cat is there. Oh, the cat is claymation. Okay, is there going to be a joke? Are they going to make use of it? Is it going to be like? A, is there going to be like a little B plot with a cartoon cat? No, the cat. There's one bit where the dog does the standard cartoon dog thing. But even then, well, then they could have done that with a real dog and just you know some uh, uh, some tiny bit of skill at editing. But no, they, they could have done it with they, a fucking brick and it would have been fine. Exactly. It makes no sense for them to have been cartoon animals. And again, I, I genuinely get the feeling that I genuinely do get the feeling that this film was originally meant to be animated. And then yeah. they decided in their in their, in their eternal wisdom to think, well, well, we'll, we'll slap some celebrities. Because well, I was thinking, there are a couple of celebrity cameos, obviously very dated celebrities, beyond Christopher Lee. I couldn't name it. There were, there were a bunch of celebrity cameos. I couldn't Jenny, name Jenny McCarthy one of them. was in it. I know that. Oh, yeah, Jenny McCarthy. Well, no, no, I couldn't. Name, I couldn't name a single one because again, they were all yeah, they were all late eighties, early nineties celebrity cameos. You know, at the time, I'm sure they made sense, but again, they, and they, maybe they were trying to do like the around the world in the eighty days thing, where they were trying to have like a, a cast of minor celebrities. But again, it just it doesn't. None of this film has the holds up. And it, it's just it just runs through your fingers because there's just nothing to this film, and it's not even the lack of consistency or character. It's just again, it just feels so so much like a first draft, not even a like a sub first draft. It just feels like they're just stapled. Sections of these books, whatever they are, they just tore out pages, tore out chunks, or even just synopses of the various plots that happen in these books. And they put them together and says, made a fit, and here's a film. And again, just, yeah, that I think the, 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 the claymation pets for no reason kind of encapsulate the lack of direction and sense of this film made because, again, they're just there because, because someone somewhere at some point thought it would be a good idea to waste that time and money. <laughs> and I think that kind of sums up this film, to be honest. Uh, you, you mentioned something, Justin. Something's popped into my head. You know when, you, like, when you're a kid, or when you've got like um, siblings or cousins or whatever, and they, they they do a play at school, and they're like, you know, like year four, year five, and it's uh, Oliver. They, they they do the their their reception version of Oliver, and you're sitting there and you're like, well, I know what's supposed to be going on, so you know, well done for that. That's what this film is. This film is like a reception version of what this film should have been when it was animated. Yes. It does. It does feel so slapped together. It just. It does. It yeah. just feels like they've gone. Oh, and this happens, and then this happens, and this happens again. With no, like you said, one of the key things about this kind of style of comedy, and especially this kind of character comedy, is like you said, there needs to be established rules for these characters. There need to yeah. be boundaries for them to not cross or to cross for the sake of dramatic tension or what you. And like you said, like with the Adams family or with the Flintstones, there was consistency and there was a world that had been crafted. 
and, and whilst the new ones just feels like they've just taken these characters that existed at some point, or or or, or, or actually no, that even though it doesn't, yeah, even if they are based on pre-existing material, they're so again they're so bland and so so paper thin that they might as well just be like the laziest stock archetypes. And nothing. What one thing that really bugged me is why. Again, I can only assume that the books that they come from are illustrated. Why did they look the way they did? Why were they? All, why were the stupids presented as some sort of anachronistic cartoon throwback to the 1950s? Why was he wearing a suit with a straw boater? Why? Why did he? Why did her and the daughter have the hair up in those ridiculous? Why did she? Why was she wearing the gingham? You know, why? Why was she at all times wearing the, the hideous gingham? You know, um, house dress. And again, it just they trying to. I can only assume that how these other characters are presented in the books, and they were doing that purely for the sake of that tiny, minuscule bit of brand recognition there. Or, or again, maybe that's because they were originally designed to be cartoon characters, and they said, well, we'll just translate that directly to live action. Again, just, it, it, it made so little conceptual sense, and it really, it really irritated me. I found it really jarring, and it, all the way through, it really irritated me. Again, not, not to the point where I feel angry, because there's just nothing of any of that. There's nowhere near that, and that's enough substance in any thing in this film to, to really latch on to really get angry at it. just really irritated me. It just, it just felt like a lot of odd decisions. And it just felt like a lot of odd decisions that were put together for the sake of completing the script. Yeah, just, just, just timid and, like you said, completely terrified of trying to establish any kind of uh, identity for itself. It felt like maybe they were testing the waters for something more or, or, or trying something else. Or, again, it just was like, did they make the film because uh, someone at some point, maybe a couple of decades ago, someone had snapped up the rights to these characters and decided, well, we better do something with them. And it, people don't feel, watch cartoons. I don't know. It feels like they were making a movie pilot for a movie. Yeah, it does, yeah, very much but. so. It's, it's, or or finding <laughs> that this is a script that they've been working on. This, or it kind of felt like, actually, maybe this is a script that would have done well had the film came out maybe 20 years previously. Before. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. If this film had come out in the seventies or even even uh, very early eighties, this film would have been looked at as oh wow that's fresh. Yeah, but it's just and, not. And it, again, it just does feel like very much like this is an old script that they found lying around, dusted it off, and decided to make to try and. I mean, another thing, I don't even know how much this film cost to make. I, I, was Tom Arnold ever that much in demand? I feel pretty honest. I don't even know who Tom Arnold is. He's a name that I've heard I, of. I have, I have one question. Who I the think fuck is Tom Arnold? I think they made a joke about him. I think they, I think they mentioned him once in an early episode of The Simpsons. And that's yeah, the that, only reason. That, that's the only way I know the name. I know him from something like Family Guy or, as you say, The Simpsons, where they've taken the piss out of him. But I don't. I just, I just, who the fuck is Tom Arnold? And that, kind of, that, that kind of, I think that question kind of sort of the entire film. Why was this film made? Who are, who are these characters? Who, who felt that this was a brand strong enough to try and launch a film off? And like you said, um, maybe, maybe had they actually put more effort into it and attempted to, to eke out some kind of, um, give it its own personality, give it its own spin. Because again, you know, around this time, things like this, uh, I think the films came out what, 95, 96, uh, there were also things like Beetlejuice and the Adam Family, you know, they were making films based on pre-existing TV and cartoon properties. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe this. Maybe this studio. This is all they had, and they were trying to latch on that gold rush. Maybe who knows? But again, it just. Who are any of these people? And why should uh, we give a fuck? Why should we care? And <laughs> if you're going to present them to us, at least give us some reason to care. Don't just. I again, will say just, there was one thing about the about just the film eke out some weird little film like this. <laughs> there was one thing about the film's sort of basic. Uh, premise and world that annoyed me 
um, was that uh, the uh, the stupids weren't the only stupid ones around. The whole world was stupid. Yeah, I mean, you I'm had... just putting it out there. Social services would have got involved at some point. No, I, I just mean with, you know, with this. The, the, the bad guys were absolutely thick as. Thick they, yeah, they, again, they felt they felt like sort of like Sergeant Bilko style cartoon villains. Yeah, true. Yes, but and, just, and like, it just felt like cobble, all the characters were just cobbled together from other cartoons. Mm. Mm. That's true. I, I that was my one my one main sort of point of irritation I found was yeah the the, the, the this was meant to be a stupid family and sort of and the comedy comes from them being stupid in normal everyday situations, but the world wasn't normal in everyday. You know, it was you know. Uh, yeah. That's a good, no. That's a that's a very good point. Yeah. The, 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 the film, the, fam, the premise of the film, you'd think would be this is a an exaggerated family in a mundane world or a non-exaggerated mm. world. But the rest is like yeah, like I said, the fact that everything else was exaggerated too meant that yeah, it was it was hard to sort of pass. Are we meant to are we meant to view these characters as ridiculous in the context of this film, or are we meant to just assume you know this, these are just how this film works? Again, going back to concept, so such such complete lack of consistency meant that nothing really made sense. And even, and that's the thing, you know, even, even you could say, oh, it's true for this reason, even somebody has rules and makes and, and, and good comedy that is dumb still has some structure to it. And that's like, this film had no structure whatsoever. It, 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 like Homer said, it was just a bunch of stuff that happened. Mm. A bland, nice. timid entry, suitable only. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he was a writer. Apparently he was a writer on and married to Roseanne Barr, huh. as well as a few other things. That, that's not that's not a good bar to set for yourself. <laughs> I, I, well, not not now. Twenty years ago, maybe Roseanne was quite a popular show. Yeah, but like she was married to John Goodman. Why oh, would and he was. Oh, and he was the side, he was the he was also the sidekick. To, he was Arnold Schwarzenegger's sidekick in uh, True Lies. Wow, sorry, yeah. sorry. He remembers that James Cameron joke. A list then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you, uh, thank you for watching the film and uh, for reviewing it. I will now reveal that this week's winner is Tom. Yes. Rigged. It's bloody rigged. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, I, I read every page of the script you wrote for me. I didn't care for most of it. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a first for someone. Yeah, for, I was for the hoping defender not to win. I was hoping that I was going to win if I, if I, if I, I tried to well, come up with as many different points as I could. To, to be I fair, that's the, the thing. I, I, I honestly, I tried to, I sat, I sat down and tried to think of both positive and negative side points for this film, and I found it difficult to build again. So, yeah. well deserved, Tom, because you were able to kind of come up with a consistent <laughs> and actual. Argument for this film. More consistency uh, in my argument the entire the time. <laughs> <laughs> it really is just such a weird, watery mush of nothing. No, and it's not it even bad nothing, it's just empty yeah. nothing. Crap. Now, <laughs> yeah, you can't even hate it because it's just. You can't even work up enough emotion to hate it. I, I do have a problem in that I, I came up with a bad film for us to watch, and I did think I wasn't going to win, which is why I thought, oh, just give, if I do win, I'll give him that, and then I realised, like, like, 20 minutes ago, fuck, if I do win this, I'm going to have to watch this film. 
Them was a break, you know. Now I'm unsure. That we we all have to watch the film each week. <laughs> I've, got this image, I've got this image of you like Homer now when Homer's Homer after his heart attack and he's and then <laughs> saying he's weak as a kitten and you're sort of just there sort of struggling feebly. Oh no, Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns. Or... Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, the movie I'm gonna just fucking say it. Um, the movie we are all gonna have to watch is Pudsey the movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're all uh, all aware of that uh, that classic over. tale of a dog going on Britain's Got Talent and winning and getting a movie. Well, we're going to watch the Voiced movie. Voiced by David Williams and a film produced by Simon Cowell. Oh, God. <laughs> this is what I... This is what, what I, have I done? <laughs> Sam, you win. You win. It's too late. It wasn't it's too Tom late. at all. It's said. Been done. Oh god, it's no, then no, no, I, 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 I think I've just talked. No, no, thinking to Alex, if, if, um, if I had one, I would have probably chosen something like Thunderpants. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you can choose. It's this or Jack and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost tempted to get Jack and Jill. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, you've said Pudsy the movie, so. Pudsy the movie. Pudsy, it shall be. And Alex, I believe you've uh, you've come up with a, a money making scheme for us. Yes, yes. Well, I've 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 got a I've got a new idea. Um, I think I think it'll probably have to go through a couple of trials before we can really start making money off it. I think they said that about the stupid film, so I'm worried. <laughs> no, don't 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 for the love of God, don't suggest that this wasn't the first iteration of that film because that. <laughs> <laughs> that will just drive me to suicide. <laughs> okay, Alex, tell, tell us your uh, tell us your, your idea. Okay. Well, I was trying to think of you know what problems can we uh, what problems does the world face at the minute? What problems can we help solve? I think and problems it, to it. <laughs> and 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 it came to me um, in a in a in a flash that of course um, everyone's. Uh, Everyone's sick of uh, UKIP and all these old right racists who refuse to die. Right? <laughs> okay. Is this got something to do with Jeremy Clarkson? It. <laughs> uh, no, no, it doesn't. Um, uh, it, uh, I, I, I started, started thinking of this before uh, he uh, he popped up in the papers. He got into a fracas, don't you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are hundreds of people in the UK that never heard that word until today. That's I, I was saying that to people. That that is one thing I can hope. I mean, like on Twitter, it's like hashtag fracar, and that's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's the only good thing that's come out of this, <laughs> the fact that hopefully some people will either learn what that word means, and at the very least, learn how to bloody well pronounce it. Because I'm so sick of people saying fracas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as you know, you know we're we're all sick of all these old geezers who uh, spout their racist and sexist and homophobic dribble. But the one thing that uh, we we don't want to forget is, as Maggie Smith demonstrated in uh, the oh, very best exotic Marigold <laughs> Hotel, it's that racist old people are adorable. So what I'm suggesting <laughs> you can is rub as hard as he wants, it won't come off. <laughs> what I'm suggesting is this: uh, we 
we uh, I'm not sure whether this is going to be uh, some sort of podcast form or a radio show or an actual uh, an actual event or or center that we we bring all these for old folks to. But uh, we start to sound like a concentration camp, <laughs> a rehabilitation are we, are center. We, are we going to are we going to be isolating and studying them to learn what nutrients <laughs> extract? While we're... <laughs> no, certainly not. Well, that 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 can be a sideline if uh, if either of you want to develop this. Um, Get the grinder. <laughs> no, no, no. What we're going to do is we're going to re re. We will be brainwashing them, but brainwashing them into uh, into being racist and sexist and homophobic against uh, uh, pop culture things that don't exist in the real world. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. for instance, in, instead of instead of uh, instead of uh, a grumpy old grandpa being angry at all those at all those wogs. Um, <laughs> oh God, I don't think you're allowed to say that word. <laughs> I love. Okay, I love the you. You of all people who, if if the, if the readers could hear what what you say before before we <laughs> before we enter Cluster Club Towers to record this, you. Um, People. But I say it behind closed doors. <laughs> with full disclosure contracts signed. <laughs> uh, see, this, this, this is what I'm saying, you know, these, these, this is the kind of horror, abhorrent thing that these, these old people are saying. I think, um, we, I think Alex can get away with it because of his voice. He's paraphrasing <laughs> anyway. I've uh, heard your father talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, who hasn't? Um, <laughs> he's a delight, Alex. He's a delight. He's a character. Anyway, uh, so for for instance, uh, now um, when uh, and 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 we keep it secret from the rest of the world as to which which groups we've brainwashed uh, into being different pop culture things. So there'll be a news article comes on television, and uh, old grandpa will say. Oh god damn those fucking chocobos everywhere. And uh okay. and, and What are chocobos doing on the news? <laughs> That's the thing, they're not. You know, it's just an ordinary news article. And grandpa's oh, old like, grandpa's like, old racism like, is kicking like in. Words. Like oh he, so it's like word. Exactly. He, he grandpa's old racism is kicking in and he has to say something because, you know, it's different from how it was in his day. Now but the question now, is are we, are we are we actually making them think that for example, ethnic minorities are. So, were they? Were they? Were, is this just going to be a case of word replacement, or are we actually making them think that, that they are these the, the things that they, for some reason, hate? Well, this, 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 this hate are actually these fictional entities. This is what we've got to work out. You know, obviously, this is this is why we need trials. We need to see how far we can go. I think ideally, you know, we we want to uh, remove their 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 racism towards a certain group. And and yes, genuinely hate these 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 fictional things. I mean, this is what I'm worried about. Like, are we just literally changing their words from "damn immigrants coming in and taking all our jobs" to "damn water Pokemon coming in and taking all our grass Pokemon"? Or, uh, you know, is it is is it going to be as simple as that, or is it? Or are we going to have are we going to have these poor people doddering around in the twilight of their lives, walking down the street, thinking that, that a crowd of Katamari are rolling around the room? <laughs> Because I'd be okay with that, to be brutally honest. Well, 
I think what just, we're going to try and do is... Constant, just them living in constant fear of being rolled up into a giant space ball. I'd be okay with that. I think what we've got to try and do is take it on a case-by-case basis. You know, the ones who are, who are just mild, who are just mild um, in, in, their, uh, in their racism, sexism, uh, then perhaps all they need is a word replacement. But you know, if 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 your grandpa is uh, is it never stops going on about uh, this, that, and the other, you know, you, could, you can book you can book him in for the full package. So what you're saying is, we get all the old people um, who are racist, homophobic, and just plain prejudice, and basically um, do the Futurama episode where there's no robot and all the robots have to go in for rehabilitation, and Bender turns into a wooden robot. We're going to turn some old people into work. No, 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 no. We're, we're, not, we're not going to... We're not, I don't think we're going to brainwash them to be loving and accepting of all these things, because then they, then they lose, you know, the, the, the Maggie Smith adorableness. You know, they still have to hate something. <laughs> just, just something that isn't offensive. They still ultimately, to, yeah, they ultimately still it's be... their passion we admire. Exactly, exactly. We don't... That's the thing we don't want to lose. <laughs> okay. Why can't we, why, why can't we turn that passion into something more like positive? Like, instead of hating... For example, hating certain ethnic minorities, they really love making jam sandwiches. <laughs> so, in, I, well, so whenever whenever they get seized with 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 flagrant uh, prejudiced thoughts, they get up, they they totter over to the kitchen and make a round of sandwiches. What's wrong with that? Now, see, that could work because then yeah. they could still be spouting their racism, but making us food, <laughs> and that could solve the world hunger crisis. <laughs> Although we do, although that, 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 that we do, then run the risk of giving the WI far more power than it already needs to have. <laughs> Armies of old people just with trestle tables, with sandwiches. <laughs> it is a bit of a dystopian. I, I, I worry. I, no, I worry if we if if all we do is replace it with uh, with food preparation, then that that there'll still be that. Uh, that subconscious undercurrent, and that might leak through into you know these trestle tables. The sandwiches might be laid out, um, laced just... with poison. No, no. Well, no. Just, just, just spelling is offensive words <laughs> in sandwiches. In sandwiches, cut, cut into the shape of swastikas and things like that. <laughs> exactly. God forbid. You know, you, you, you if the, you know, if this is going to give the WA the power that uh, that we seem to think it's going to give them, you know, what happens when, they, when when the when the helicopters come down? On the nice sunny day, and you get full coverage of these, uh, these, these, these nasty wog words. <laughs> oh god, I've got this image now of tartan helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> like I using like they got so much power, they've become like a governmental. <laughs> well, you know uh, they they, draft, they could draft in those um those nannies, you know, and then, then they then they would basically be a paramilitary force. Well, you know they. Uh... They were pretty powerful in that uh, the recent uh, world finals of the marmalade, uh, the world marmalade competition, uh, they managed to uh, they managed to wrangle a copy of the new Paddington film uh, before before it's been uh, released from cinemas. Well, okay, so you've given us sort of the concept. How are we actually going to monetize this? How, how what's the actual like nitty gritty? Yeah, well, because see, you want to keep it secret. Well, obviously, you know that we we have to we need to sort it out with a few test cases first. But then, once we've established that you know what we can do, we we sell this service to a family. You know, we sell the service to families who are who are fed up with you know uh, Great Uncle Rupert spoiling uh, little um, poor little Jocasta 
his childhood. Um, we, should, uh, we, should, we, should, we should market it exclusively to uh, well, not exclusively, but we should definitely market it to um, the gay couples that are looking to get looking to have a nice traditional wedding. Oh, of course, yeah. There you go. I mean, uh, yeah, nice, I mean, I nice think, traditional I think... wedding, so they can have all their elderly relatives there without uh, with without anyone storming out or causing a scene. Or uh, themselves too violently, <laughs> or trying to choke the bridegroom. We need to do some secret tests. Clearly, we need to go into churches and do it, and we need to go into independent coffee shops who refer, refuse to serve gay couples because it seems those are the two big things in the news at the moment. So, Can we get Aaron Brown involved in some way. I think he would certainly speed up the process. But I think <laughs> this is I, true. I get the feeling I, he would really, he would really kind of cut out some of the middleman, as it were. But I, I, I think we, you know, we need to do some research before, beforehand ourselves before we approach him. Yeah, is there a way to? We'd have to patent the process or something. Yeah, that's the thing. I think we, we want him to sneaking think, away with, it, with one of his little shows. Yeah, we, we, we want it patented all in our names before he gets his grubby mitts on it, um, because then it'll just be oh, oh the Darren Brown fix your family thing. That's going to be its full name. So, so, so everyone's task for next week, uh, Sam. I want Steve, you to find that John Brown. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already you... five steps ahead of you. And <laughs> uh, Tom, um, as you live in Birmingham, I want you to find at least. Ten of the most racist over seventies you can find. I have five of them in the room already. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Just poking um, me, telling me I'm not white enough. <laughs> well, just uh, just start mixing up some sedatives, and uh, we'll 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 ship it all to a warehouse, right. and uh, and 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 start uh, you know knocking around some ideas. Mhm. Okie dokie. And also, we have to watch the Pudsy movie. Also, we have to watch the Pudsy movie. <laughs> I am okay. I, am, I I I think as like a challenge, right? Right? We have to say we whoever whoever gets to defend it can't on the celebrity cameo excuse. <laughs> I'll decide once I've seen it as to whether <laughs> there are enough points to defend the film. Uh... Now the real Dark Souls begins. <laughs> Superb. Well, thank you everybody for listening to Plusticuck. I've been Alex. They've been Sam and Tom. But can you guess which? <laughs> <laughs>